This just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. I need a camera crew at the darkness retreat. Pronto. According to my sources. Think about Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders for a second. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know Greg Matson with us from Arizona for Rogers Watch. All right, what is Weirdo QB1 up to today? <laughs> well, I don't feel like we got to expand on uh, his darkness retreat and what he learned from it when he did his Aubrey Marcus podcast. We didn't have mm-hmm. much of a, a show yesterday to expand on that. So I, I thought I'd want to use this time slot, John and Sandy, to try and explain to our fans and listeners, we'll have Aaron do it, what he learned in his darkness retreat. He did it. He's out of it. He's talking about it. But what did he actually conclude? So here's what he said in the Aubrey Marcus podcast a couple of days ago. So much happened during that time, and there's just so much contemplation out of that because there's really four separate days and many different topics. Um, I think as much as anything, before there felt like uh, one scary option and one uh, unknown. That's mm-hmm. what that's what the two the, the two felt like. Now that's not how I would describe them before I went to darkness. Right. But in, in the darkness, the realization was one option was scary and one was unknown. And which was which? The scary was uh, retirement, mm-hmm. and the unknown was um, going back and playing. And what does that mean? Is that Green Bay? Is that somewhere else? If that's somewhere else, you know, what is it like being somewhere else? And now it feels like there are two very uh, beautiful options um, that both feel really nourishing and um, special and that it's just life and life is about making decisions. So what did we learn here, boys and girls? Oh, uh, God. <laughs> that he's very right, mellow. Gosh. That's the biggest thing I learned mellow. is that he's oh, very, very God. mellow. Life is just a delicious choice of things that are yummy and nourishing, and I just feel warm and fuzzy about sitting here. <laughs> it it a remains weirdo. a beautiful mystery is what it is. It's a beautiful mystery, as Aaron would describe, but apparently he found some oh, sense God. of calm when it comes to either decision. Whatever decision he makes or the Packers make, he has found a sense of calm about it all. Yet he does. Yet he sounds God. still like he's anxious about it because he said it's scary. You know. So yeah, it's, he it's said all it was very scary. confusing. He sounds like he's stoned. He sounds like he's blitzed out of his mind on something. There, there are What's natural hallucinations that happen when you're inside that thing. <laughs> I, I imagine you start to go batty after a couple of days. Uh, sooner rather than later, though, right? Is, did he say that at some point? I mean, we're, we're nearing uh, he his decision. For, <laughs> he said that for several <laughs> weeks. So I, I used last year as a guide here. I, you know, I think March 8th is when he made his decision a year ago. League year begins March 15th, somewhere between today and March 15th. And I'm going to use the 8th as my guideline from last season. Is he keeping track in his altered state of what month it is? Does he even have any idea that it's not January anymore? He goes by a very different calendar than you and I. <laughs> he's measuring the sun just, and how great it he's, is. If this is him pressing the reboot button for his mental health, I'm all for it. Because when he charges back up, it would be really nice for him to be, boom, firing on all cylinders. and you know. I hope uh, he reboots somewhere else. Let's not have really? it in Wisconsin. Get him out of here as soon as possible. Send his hippie behind out to Northern California or wherever he feels like he needs to go. I'm done. I am I can so hear it in your voice. done. He is such a weirdo. <laughs> and your words.
Thank you. I feel better, Sandy. Thanks, Greg. How are you feeling? Uh, I I look at it from a play standpoint. I think the production has declined to the point where he's not worth fifty nine million dollars. Off the field, whether I think it's weird or not, hey, be yourself, do your own thing, that's fine with me. I look at it very, very simply. His play did not warrant $59 million last year, and I don't think it ever will again. Greg, thanks, man. <laughs> you make my life scrumptious. That was <laughs> Appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> it is 415 at WTMJ. We'll be right back. We are at the 2023 Greater Milwaukee Auto Show today and tomorrow. Come on by and say hello. We are on the northeast corner of the first floor of the convention center. So come on by and say hello. Our coverage is presented by Road America all week long. Thank you to the great folks at Road America. And as a matter of fact, they've given us four packs of ticket vouchers for the vintage races at Road America this year. How cool is that? And we've got a set right now. Caller number, what's your lucky number? Seven today. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> Caller number seven, eight five five six one six one six twenty. Caller number seven to the old National Bank. Talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. You win a four pack of tickets and we'll give more away again tomorrow. All right, want to switch gears here and talk about something that's been in the news a lot and is a very important topic. It's the mystery of that Wuhan Chinese lab. Is that where COVID came from? We've got the right guy who's been really looking into this. Brad Garrett is the ABC News crime and terrorism analyst. He's a former FBI agent. Brad, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us. Oh, you're welcome, John. So the three options seem to be, was this an intentional act by the Chinese, a lab accident, or did it start with contaminated animals who passed it on to humans in a Wuhan market? As you've looked into this, how have you kind of broken this down and begun to dissect this? So let's start with a lot of limited information that uh, we have to work with as to which one of those is the most viable option. Because the Chinese obviously have not cooperated with the FBI or anybody else as to what they really uh, have. Uh, so what, if you start at that premise, but if you go back to April of 2020, the FBI actually stated that they believed it was, it was more likely this was a lab leak. Now, I don't know what their intelligence was to base it on that conversation, but that was or statement, but that was three years ago. You now have in recent days that a U.S. Department of Energy, not quite as excited as the FBI, but basically saying the same thing that it's, it's more likely this is a lab leak. So I'm sure there's some classified intel that they both have that are guiding them to this sort of conclusion. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's, it's a very difficult case. I mean, how in the world, if you were the FBI, do you even investigate this? Can't go to China, can't interview the scientists, can't interview the folks that worked in the wet market in that, that area, what was found in the wet market, what exactly were they doing with coronavirus at the Wuhan lab. So a lot of blanks here. And so it, it, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing for the FBI to sort of get to, well, what really did happen here? But at least you're getting somewhat of a consensus that it may well have been a lab leak. So, Brad, human intelligence, especially in person, is going to be very hard to come by. You just outlined that. What about other human intelligence in the forms of intercepted phone calls, recorded conversations? Is there going to need to be some human confirmation or information gathered at some point to definitively confirm this? 
Yeah, there's going to have to be some corroboration. In other words, are there? In, my guess is there's there are internal Chinese documents uh, between in the government. Uh, and how do you get your hands on that? You know, you have to do an intercept, I suppose, or you have somebody on the inside. Um, and obviously, it would help tremendously if the FBI had somebody inside the lab that that is giving them information or uh, was there in particular when this occurred. So anything that can corroborate that looks like it has legitimacy to it would be the real key. The real question is, how do you get to that? So we'll see. And we know it's important to get to the real origin as soon as possible because it will inform us of other of ways to protect ourselves and other things that we can do in reaction. But this really is a serious concern, isn't it? Oh, there is no doubt. There, I think, had been complaints that this lab was lax when it came to safety protocols. And so I think they've had other leaks, obviously not to the, uh, to the, the catastrophic level that this leak, if, if it is a leak, uh, that occurred and killed over 7 million people worldwide. So it's a, you know, as I say, it's a very sort of frustrating thing to try to figure out. But to your point, yes, we definitely need to know what happened for two reasons. One is the safety protocols, but also to draw light to countries like China. And, you know, what are they doing researching coronavirus to begin with? And they may have their own legitimate reasons as far as a, de- a defense is concerned in case they were attacked with some sort of version of coronavirus. I have no idea. But it, it would open up the door to, you know, what's Russia doing? What is China doing? What is uh, Iran doing? And, and, and clearly North Korea doing. I mean, North Korea apparently openly still has a biological weapons division. So, you know, it's, could we have a repeat of COVID-19? Absolutely. Brad, are there FBI agents losing sleep at night thinking about what a terrorist could do if they were able to procure something more deadly than COVID-19? You bet. bet. I mean, if you work in the prevention, the national security prevention business, I mean, it's like a landmine, right? I mean, you just have every day threats of which – you know, many of them are not viable, but you have to sort of prioritize and figure out what has potential and what doesn't. Um, and, you know, any information they receive that you and I would never hear about of something being stolen from a lab, you know, like anthrax or something even far worse than anthrax, um, would get you worrying about where's it going, who's got their hands on it, or who could it be sold to? to be used in some nefarious fashion. ABC News crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett, very good perspective. Thank you so much, Brad. You're welcome, John. Take care. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. It's been such a treat to have Greg Matzik at spring training all week. We miss him in the studio dearly. I mean, it's it's almost crushing, but we're glad he's in Arizona. Here's how the last 24 hours have played out. I met a friend for dinner last night at a, a pizza place in Scottsdale. The time I left, it had been raining for about 35 minutes. 
And you think 35 minutes of rain, whatever, it's just a normal rainstorm in Wisconsin. The rain does not absorb here. So there's standing water on the freeway, and it was a treacherous drive home. Like, it, it's mm. no joke. Things puddle up uh, in a heartbeat up here, so water is flying all over the place. I drive into Maryville uh, today to American Family Fields of Phoenix. I have never seen snow in the South Mountains. And there was snow all over the South Mountains, and it was 36 degrees. I could see my breath. Whoa. It was cold and damp and cloudy, a lot like what opening day at Wrigley Field is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of how the day started, and, and it wasn't until about 11, 11.30, maybe they took the tarp off the field. Some sun started to pour in, but still it's, it's maybe 50 degrees right now as the Brewers and Rangers are playing. So this has been a theme for spring training. It, it's not been usual from a weather perspective. And, and today was a see-your-breath, cold, damp, and dark day. Oh. Uncommon for Arizona. Yikes. I have to think for anybody who planned their vacation around this, this is not the experience <laughs> that they were expecting at the ballpark for sure. Yeah. Yeah, plenty of good sections available today at uh, American Family Fields of Phoenix. It's kind of a pick-your-own-seat day. If you don't go home with a foul ball, you did something wrong. Uh, there's about 3,000 people here. That's maybe a third of what, what this place can fit. Is council more cautious when the weather is sloppy or chilly? I had wondered that from a, uh, a lineup perspective today. Right. But the top four in the lineup today was Yelich, Adamas, Telez, Contreras. I mean, that could be your opening day <laughs> top four. And they're yeah. going to have to get used to it because the Brewers open at Wrigley Field, like I mentioned. Didn't bother Yelich at all. He let off with an opposite field home run in his second right, outing of the spring. Right. Burns looked really good. The, the runs that he was charged with, really they were inherited runners that another pitcher let go. Burns looked really good, even though he's charged with two runs. So it did not affect Craig's decision to utilize his players today. What's the best meal you've had so far? Uh, I had a place called Il Bosco yesterday. That was a, a pizza place. It was kind of a Neapolitan pizza, which was delicious. Uh, Levering and Lane Grindle and I are going to grab a Italian tonight in Scottsdale. There's a James nice. Beard-nominated restaurant that we're going to hit up Whoa. that was featured on the Food Network not too long ago. So we're going to give that a shot. I also had some great ribs early in my stay. So food, I, I always know how to find a good meal, John. That's why it's you fun do. to travel with me. You do. You man, have to nourish. right about that. You must nourish. Yes. We must nourish and find scrumptious delights. <laughs> Make sure that Grindle, I mean, uh, Levering pays for it. Levering's doing TV and radio now. He's kind of a rising star. Make sure that guy picks up the check. I, I will. I, I can guarantee Lane will walk to the bathroom just before the yep. waiter or waitress comes to our table. He, he pulls that trick off beautifully. <laughs> It'll be down to Jeff and I for credit card roulette. Now, Greg, it was cool that you got to have dinner with former brewer Jeff Cirillo the other night. Are you bumping into other players or people that you recognize when you go out to restaurants? Yeah, so Jeff Cirillo is going to be a big part of our Brewers Extra Inning show this year, hosted by Dominic Catronio. Um, I also saw it at dinner the other night. I was out with uh, some of the Brewers front office staff. We ran into Stephen Vogt, former catcher, who was having dinner with former pitcher Jimmy Nelson, which was cool. Uh, and just walking around today, I saw former GM Doug Melvin, who is still hanging out uh, in and around the team. He was the GM of the Rangers as well. So he's got a lot of different ties here at the ballpark. But, yes, baseball players are everywhere, past and present. That is fun. Greg Matzik in Arizona. The rest of today, all day tomorrow. You hear him throughout the day here on WTMJ. Good stuff. Thank you, Grego. It is 444. Toll roads, once again, being raised as a real possibility here in Wisconsin. We want you to weigh in. What do you think of the possibility of toll roads? 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line. Toll roads, yes or no? That conversation up next.
Here's the topic we're debating. I'd love for you to weigh in. Give us a call or send us a text. The Old National Bank talking text lines 855-616-1620. It is toll roads. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, once again, he's been having this discussion for a decade. He's an advocate of looking at the possibility of toll roads in Wisconsin. Here's Voss talking about it earlier this week. Imagine if in 2013, when we first started talking about tolling, if Wisconsin had already implemented it statewide. It would mean that our transportation system is fully funded. We have more money for local roads um, than we would today. We would have a system that would actually work over the course of the next 100 years as we decide whether or not to transition away from gasoline-powered vehicles. I have consistently tried as hard as I could to get something like tolling into law. And we have consistently met with opposition from a whole lot of different people. It's not just one side saying that they're going to stick their head in the sand and figure it out later. Well, guess what? It's later. And we still haven't figured it out. I'm in favor of this. I think that it's a user thing. And I think if you use the roads and we need to pay the roads, I mean, $4.8 billion it's going to cost to build the, the interstates that need to be rebuilt right now. $4.8 billion. Where's that money going to come from? Do you want to raise taxes? Because that's basically the other choice. I am for this. I say if you use the roads, you pay for it. There's tolling in most states. It's $0.05 cents per mile passenger car average on most U.S. toll roads. That's what it is in Illinois. It's actually a little lower in Illinois. I say if you're going to use the roads, I have no problem with tolling at all. There will be other routes. If you decide you don't want to pay the toll, there will be other ways to travel. If you live in Illinois in the Chicago area, you can get around without using the toll road, or you can decide to use 894 or other toll roads, and you pay a toll. I'm in favor of it. I think it's fair. I don't know that it's not fair, but I certainly don't enjoy it. When I go to Illinois, I could take 94 to get to my mom's, or I can take 41, and I have done the math. You wind up paying almost $7 to save 10 minutes. That is not yeah. worth it to me for that for that distance of travel in Illinois. So I don't... But for me, you just hit on it, because you have a choice. You do. The toll road's not the only way to get anywhere. In it's, that situation, I yes. I mean, you have a choice. You, you will always have a choice. Um, let's take some phone calls. We'd love for you to weigh in. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. Let's start with Brian, who's in Wauwatosa. Brian, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Thanks for being with us. How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Say, um, the only thing I'm thinking of, is it possible, would they be dropping our taxes here in Wisconsin? and Or are we still going to be getting a cut? Or like some of our taxes are going to be taken out for roads. What They have the technology like the iPad. What if we're still paying taxes as a Wisconsinite, but people that come in from out of state and out get charged? They have the technology with their license plates. If you have a Wisconsin license plate, you don't get charged. Brian, that's an interesting thought. That's a, that's, a, that's a very interesting thought. You're right. The technology would definitely exist with the cameras and the scanning and the things that they do. Hey, Brian, thank you very much for the phone call. That is an interesting angle. I hadn't thought mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Could we do that? Would that be practical? Because It's interesting to think about. Because I get gruff when I think how many cars I see that don't have license plates. And I feel like this is almost a penalty on those of us who are law-abiding citizens and have the license plate and will have to pay taxes. Yeah, that's true. Or And tolls. Uh, James is in Janesville. James, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Hey, good afternoon. 
Um, hey. It's for me. It's no to toll roads. Um, I when they a couple of years ago when they passed uh, that law about you know they they were going to raise the and they did raise the uh, registration uh, fee and they said that would help pay for the for the infrastructure. That's only Wisconsin residents paying that. So that, but I I think it should be a gas tax and. We know why they don't want to put a tax on because they, you know, the Republicans say there's no, they don't raise taxes. But if you if you put three cents of a uh, uh, tax on there and a gas tax, that would bring in a heck of a lot of money. Hey, thank you very much for the phone call. So we're getting a couple of uh, texts here that may have some clarification. Uh, Jeff Wagner's discussed this in the past. One person saying Wagner says it's unconstitutional to just go after people with out-of-state plates. Another person saying the federal interstate commerce law does not permit charging tolls only to certain people depending upon residence. It's all or none. All right, I'll, I'll buy that. I believe that. A um, couple other texts from the 608. Um, since you're using Illinois as the example, their toll road system barely pays for itself and doesn't at all pay for the rest of the road system. All their toll roads do is fill the walls of toll road operators, right? That is not true. In Illinois, 27 cents of every dollar collected in tolls goes to the operating systems. That's 27 cents. Is that number too high? Yeah, maybe. But that means 63 cents does go to roads. So that's that's the fact in Illinois. Um, another text. Before we do this, we need to understand what's going on with all of our other gas tax money today. Where is it going? I agree with that. I mean, there needs to be accountability. Where is the tax going? Is this a good idea? toll roads to finance our roads which desperately mean attention we talk about you know why the interstate has not been done between the marquette and the zoo it's part politics it's part because there's not money in the budget to do it if we're going to improve our roads we need to somehow be able to pay for it it's easy to say no i don't want my taxes raised i don't want tolls i don't want gas tax i don't want anything but i want the best roads well who the hell's going to pay for it i mean we have to pay for these things one way or another, so it's easy to be Dr. No. <laughs> How are we going to pay for it then? I mean, if you're going to say no, then what's the solution, I guess, is, is my Sure, point. sure. And we are getting more uh, action on the Old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Gary and Racine says, uh, raise the sales tax. Everyone indirectly uses the roads. Those who do not drive still get food and goods via truck that use the roads and highways. Everyone contributes. License registration in Wisconsin is cheap. Compared to neighboring states, add to that fee according to the value of the vehicle. Minnesota has this system, and they have great roads. No wasted infrastructure expense, according mm-hmm. to Gary and Racine. 